0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Bridgewater. I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, My name is Kurt, and we've been going through the series, Asking for a Friend. Last week, we talked about doubt. And you know, I was really encouraged because I heard about conversations and I witnessed conversations that occurred in small group last week where people were able to talk about their doubt and work through it. And be encouraged by God's word. So each week, I'm encouraged when we're able to talk about God's word and see what our next steps would be. And this week, in asking for a friend, we're going to be talking about anger. All right. So I thought about this for a while, and I was like, well, I could just do an anger counseling session here this morning... And, um, but then I thought, I don't know, I don't want anybody to run out. But, um, but oftentimes, people in general, we, we might say that I don't have an anger problem. Might say, I don't have an anger problem. I just don't like it when I don't, when I don't get what I want. I don't have an anger problem. I just yell at people when I get annoyed. I don't have an anger problem. I just don't like people. (laughs) So the question we're asking today is, you know that my anger is not my fault, right? You know my anger is not my fault, right? I'm going to start by sharing with you this morning uh, a video. And in this video... This girl recently moved with her parents to San Francisco, and she's not happy about it. And we learn about that through their interactions and the emotions that are going on in each of the person's individual heads. Okay? So we're going to go ahead and watch that together. So... As it turns out, the green trash can is not recycling. It's for greens, like compost and eggshells. Mm. And the blue one is recycling. And the black one is... Riley is acting so weird. Why is she acting so weird? What do you expect? All the islands are down. Joy would know what to do. That's it. Until she gets back, we just do what Joy would do. Great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? Hey, Riley, I've got good news. I found a junior hockey league right here in San Francisco, and get this, tryouts are tomorrow after school. What luck, right? Hockey. Uh-oh. What do we do? Guys, uh, this, uh, here, you, you pretend to be Joy. Wouldn't it be great to be back out on the ice? Oh, yeah. That sounds fantastic. What was that? That wasn't anything like Joy. Uh, because I'm not Joy? Yeah, no kidding. Did you guys pick up on that? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. sure. I did. Something's wrong. Should we ask her? Let's probe, but keep it subtle so she doesn't notice. So, how was the first day of school? She's probing us. I'm done. You pretend to be Joy. What? Okay. Um... hmm. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, very smooth. That was just like Joy. Something is definitely going on. She's never acted like this before. What should we do? We're going to find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Ahem. Uh oh, she's looking at us. Uh, what did she say? What? Oh, oh, uh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? He's making that stupid face again. I could strangle him right now. Signal him again. Ah, so Riley, how was school? Seriously? Are you Just kidding me? For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot. Boo, I'll be joined. School was great, all right? Riley, is everything okay? Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. What is her deal? All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude okay. No, 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 stay happy! What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen. DEFCON 2. Listen, young lady, I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Come and get it! Yeah, well, well... Here it comes. Prepare the foot. Keys to the position. Wait to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. Now. Ah! The foot is down. The foot is down. Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. (laughs) So maybe that's what's going on throughout the week in your minds, all those interactions with the emotions. Um, But, you know, as we... Learn about anger, we're going to dive into the book of Ephesians, and and in doing so, I want to be able to give you some background on that book. Um, Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul, and the first three chapters in Ephesians, they talk about how we are called by God and that it's his work in us, not our works, that produce salvation and good works. We learn that we are adopted into God's family. And we're challenged to know and understand what the love of Christ is and that it dwells in us as followers of Jesus. And then in chapter 4, we see a transition from, you're called, so now walk in this way. So let's read verses 1 to 3 of chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you, To live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So, as I had mentioned, we are, because of our calling, if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've been called to follow Him. And we're supposed to walk in a manner that's worthy of that calling. In other words, there should be evidence in our lives that we belong to Jesus, that he has changed our lives. We're called to show patience and humility with a purpose, and that purpose is being united. That is the goal, the unity in the spirit and the bond of peace. So that's pretty easy, right? It's easy, pretty easy to feel unified with a whole group of people, right? Sometimes not so much. But as Paul continues in that passage, he talks about the purpose of the church, the purpose of unity. And he continues in chapter 4, and he talks about how the believers should not be acting in, a, in the way that they did before they knew Jesus. To follow Jesus means that we think and we act differently than we did before. So then he goes on in verse 20 of chapter 4, and he says this. It's part of our identity that we now belong to Jesus. The Bible talks about us being new creations in Christ Jesus. As a result of that, we have a different identity. And we're to live in that way practically. And so how do we live in that way in a very practical way? It talks about putting off and putting on. So I have a list here for you that talks about things that we need to be putting off and things that we need to be putting on as followers of Jesus. We need to be putting off lies, and we need to be putting on truth. We need to be putting off anger, and we need to put on peace. We need to put off theft and be generous. We need to put off gossip and instead encourage one another we need to put off promiscuity and instead practice self-control. We need to put off revenge and practice forgiveness. We need to put off being controlled by being drunk with being controlled by the Spirit of God. As a result of knowing Jesus, there needs to be a change in the way that we think. If we truly know Jesus, we are declared righteous because of what he has done for us, but it's our responsibility to submit to him, to challenge our thinking, and line it up with God's word. Just because something seems right or feels right does not make it right. God's word is the standard, and the Holy Spirit judges the motives and the intentions of our hearts. And that's the background going into this section that we're going to talk about anger. Because my anger is not my fault, right? I'll tell you what anger is. Anger is an indicator that something is wrong. Anger is an indicator that something is wrong. This may mean that something is going wrong inside of us or the world around us. We don't know, we don't always know immediately what's wrong. We may begin initially with blame towards someone who has hurt or offended us in some way. And anger is not necessarily an evidence that you've been wronged, it's merely an indicator that there's a problem. It could be that someone has done something intentionally to hurt you, it could be that you misinterpreted events. I like how Aristotle puts it here. Anyone can become angry. That is easy. But to be angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time for the right purpose in the right way, that is not easy. Anger is like a smoke detector that indicates that something is wrong. It tells us that we need to take action. But what kind of action? Let's continue in verses 25 and 26. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In, an- in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. I think it's important to point out that anger itself is an emotion. It's not necessarily in and of itself sin. But anger can lead us to sin. How often do we walk around with that smoke detector in life going off? It's blaring in our hearts and our minds. We're agitated, unnerved, short-fused, and we're snappy with people. Others around us begin to notice this, but we're just not dealing with it. We have a life to live. We have to keep moving. We have to keep making muffins. Because we don't have the time to do what's necessary and change out the dead batteries. So instead, we live with the nonsense. We can't sleep well, we can't function well, but we just don't have the time to deal with it. Paul actually says, don't even go to bed like that. Let alone live like that. Don't go to bed with the smoke alarm going off. Because... Unmanaged anger is a fortress for the enemy. Unmanaged anger is a fortress for the enemy. Paul said to watch out. If we let anger go undealt with, then the enemy has a bunker in our hearts. To continually launch attacks on us. And these attacks are on our peace. Peace. And when he's robbed us of our peace, we're so agitated. We get agitated with our spouse. We get agitated with our parents for the way that they raised us. We get agitated with our boss for something that he said. But when we give up our peace for anger, we also start reacting differently in other relationships. We can become suspicious and defensive. Always looking for someone to mistreat us. So frankly, we don't have much joy. We surrender that peace to that stronghold of anger. Let's continue in verses 29 and 30. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. If if you've heard from me long enough, you've likely heard, in response to Ephesians 4.29, I'll ask the question, are the next words that are going to come out of my mouth going to build this person up or tear them down? It's a simple question. I'll challenge myself. I'll ask myself that question sometimes if I might get upset with my wife. I'll be like, all right, are the next words going to come out of my mouth going to build her up or tear tear her down? And verse 30 talks about the sealing of the Holy Spirit. That's referring back to chapter 1, where in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul talks about that we were sealed by the Holy Spirit of God if we know Jesus, is that we are guaranteed salvation forever. And this same Holy Spirit, am I going to choose to grieve this Holy Spirit who saved me by the words that I use to hurt someone? either towards them or about them to somebody else. And then Paul gets really bold here in verse 31. He says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. He doesn't say, oh, there's a little bit of it, get, get rid of that. No, he says, get rid of all of it. Get rid of every part of it. Bitterness, the, 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 word that, the Greek word that's used for bitterness was literally used to describe plants that pro- produced inedible and poisonous fruit. The Greeks defined this word as long standing resentment, a spirit which refuses to be reconciled. Then we have rage. Rage is a powerful, intense anger feeling that rises quickly and can also fade quickly. Then we have anger. All right, we have anger there. Whereas rage comes more quickly and then fades away, this term for anger here is referring to a rational, calculated anger or an angry state of mind. The next one we have there is brawling. This is the high language of scorn and scolding. It's the outward expression where we can get the yelling and screaming that most people associate with anger. But many experience anger that does not get to the point of brawling. So we only say, oh, that person's got anger because it's, it's, they're exploding, right? But so much more to anger can be damaging, which can lead us to slander. The word for the Greek word for slander is blasphemia. This is speaking of what is hurtful to the reputation of others. There's a great intensity and intensity and passion to this slander, and this can become a characteristic of those who embrace it, and an indirect way to hurt others that they're angry with. In in counseling, we talk about. Four ways of communication as it relates to anger. The first one being aggressive. This one's sort of obvious, right? As noted, like in the name, this direct form of anger usually involves brawling, as we mentioned earlier. So the screaming, the yelling, uh, the very outward expression of anger. And this can escalate into name-calling, insulting. It'll increase in volume and tone. And it's obviously fierce And the issue is easily lost. And then it only becomes about attacking. Nothing is dealt with. Then the next one we have is passive. This is when the person says nothing to the person that upset them, or they don't say anything to anyone else either. What happens is they allow the anger to build inside, and it wreaks havoc on their souls and on their thinking, and it can turn into bitterness And depression. Then we have passive-aggressive. This type of communication, it typically occurs when someone is angry and that anger builds, but they're unwilling to speak to the person about it. This expresses itself by speaking badly to others about the person they're upset with. The intention is to hurt the other person through damaging their reputation, creating mistrust, and causing division. This is one of the most damaging forms of anger, oftentimes because it can go unnoticed. And then the final one there is the preferred form of communication, and that is assertive. And that involves speaking to others what has happened and expressing how you feel and what you want in a calm manner. You can feel angry and still effectively be assertive, but the longer that you hold on to that anger that assertiveness will quite easily slip into aggression. So we're told to get rid of all all bitterness. We're told to get rid of all this anger, even to the point where it says, with every form of malice. If there was something not covered in, in, in that verse, in verse 31... It's covered in that last sentence. Every form of malice. Just in case it's not all covered, every form of malice and aggression. And that leads us to, okay, what do we do now? The next part, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You know, I, I look at that verse and I think, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And, so, and, and I think if, we, if there was just a period there, then people might want to start to argue and say, but wait a second. But wait, no, you don't understand. But there's not a period after other. It says, just as Christ, in Christ God forgave you. So God tells us he forgives us so he calls us to go and to forgive others because forgiveness it's God's desire, but it's my decision. Forgiveness is God's desire, but my decision. So this morning, I'm going to do a little illustration with you. This is going to be a role play. I'm, I'm playing as a guy named Todd, and I promise that it's not anybody in here or anybody real. All right? So... Growing up, my father was very cruel. He would yell and scream at me, and he would uh, call me names. He would say that I was worthless. I was never going to amount to anything. And you know what? I'm going to hold that against him forever. I'm not going to ever, ever forgive him for that. And you know, then there was this guy in high school and he talked behind my back to my girlfriend and he caused me to lose my girlfriend. Oh man, I never forgave him for that. I am no way am I ever gonna let that go. And then last year, my father forgot my birthday and you know, I was trying to, I was trying to do the good Christian thing and I was gonna forgive him, but nope, mm-mm, he did that again to me, you know, so, nope, I'm, I'm going to hold that against him, too. And, you know, the other day, my friend cursed at me, and it reminded me what my father used to do, and I'm not going to let anybody hurt me again, so I'm going to hold that against him as well. And then, you know what else? Makes it hard to do things when you're holding on to a lot of offenses. Um, Betty told Sally, who told Jennifer, that Sam was talking smack about me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just no way, no way I'm talking to Sam. I am done with him. I am never speaking to him again. I'm just so done. I can't let go of that. Oh. Did you see that? That that jerk just, just flipped me off. Or he just cut me off. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him the bird. Oh man, I shouldn't have done that. I'm I'm a Christian, I shouldn't have done that. Oh man. Okay, well, you know. Oh, I didn't get a ball for that one. I have to hold on to these things. So, you know what? The other day, there was this guy that came into church here, and he, the way he looked at me, oh, man, uh uh-uh. I am, he looked, I I don't know what his problem was. I'm totally not, I'm not going to speak to him. I know we're supposed to be nice at Bridgewater, but you know what? I hope he doesn't come to my small group. Oh, oh, no. Oh, I cannot let one go. Oh. A- A- Adam, can you get that for me? Can you, can, can you just, like, bring it right up to me? Oh, thank you. Thank you for helping me hold on to my offenses. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I read God's word, and I go to small group, and I learn about God's blessing and God's peace that he offers to me. And, oh, man, I just, I want that, and, and I, I want to have that peace so badly. Um, so, Lord, help me to have that peace. Oh, oh man. Oh, I can't. I can't. Lord, can I have it? Is there no way that I can have that peace? I'm praying really hard, and I believe it. Can I have it? Well, you know, I think I better start letting some things go. You know, that guy that cut me off in traffic, I I think, I don't know if I'll ever see him again, but, you know, I certainly, I I, I forgive him. I'm I'm, going to let that go. I'm not holding on to that anymore. And, you know, my friend who cursed at me, I'm going to forgive him, too. I'm going to forgive him, and I'm going to let that go as well. You know that guy that looked at me in that way? You know, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to go up and talk to him, and I'm going to start to build a relationship with him. And guess what? I'm going to to invite him to small group. Yep, I'm going to let that go. And my friend that talks smack about me, I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go to him and I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to let him know that it hurt. And it wasn't right what he said. But you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to let that go too. I'm going to forgive him. And then there's my dad who forgot my birthday and it really hurt. But, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, that's not, a, not that big a deal. I can, I can forgive him for that. So now my friend, my friend who talked behind my back and caused me to lose my girlfriend in high school, I'm going to contact him through Facebook. I'm going to find him, and I'm going to apologize to him for all that I've held against him all these years. And I'm going to forgive him, and I'm, I'm letting that go. And my father, I'm going to give my father a call. Hello, Dan, I know you've been trying all these years, and you've been trying to make up for all that hurt, and I've been pushing you away, but I know all that you did, all those words that you said, that name-calling, that hurt me, and it affected how I see myself today, and that was wrong. Wrong. But you know what? Jesus has forgiven me. And so I forgive you, Dad. Lord Jesus, please let me have your peace. You know, God... Desires for us to forgive those around us. Because he knows that that bitterness and that unforgiveness, what it can do to us. He knows the anger and the agitation of the soul. But he doesn't make us put the things down that we're holding. That's up to us. He has, however, invited us to the foot of the cross to experience his radical, undeserved forgiveness and then to respond in kind. If you release what's in your hands, God can release what's in his hands. If you release the bitterness and anger, God can release his freedom and peace that he offers freely. This morning... Before we close, I want to give you six steps that you can use. On your way out, there is a magnet that you can get. And these are six steps when you get angry. Stop. You don't have to sin. Invite God to help. Ask, why am I so angry? Rethink. What do I really want out of this situation? Forgive as Christ forgave you. And then go and take appropriate action. This morning we're gonna, I'm going to pray and then we're going to do communion together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your free gift of salvation. I thank you, God, that you... Offer that freely and that, God, we can have peace in you. We can have joy. And I pray that you'd work in every heart here, that you'd draw each person closer to you today, that if you're working on any of our hearts, God, that that you would help us to make that next step to let go so that we can embrace your blessing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.